Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in for Bearcat Rewind, episode number 41 of the podcast, and today we welcome Northwest Missouri State football's Zach Howard. Zach is a junior defensive lineman for the Bearcats, and if you've been to any home games over the last couple of seasons, then it's likely you saw his signature sack dance, a variation of the truffle shuffle, and we saw it quite often last year as he was tied for third in the MIAA with Spencer Phillips with eight sacks on the season. But as this semester starts, instead of being the subject of articles on the sports page for what he does on the field, Howard's become the writer encouraging the Bearcat fan base. In last week's edition of the Northwest Missourian student paper, he wrote a column with a positive message titled, Dear Bearcats, We Will Be Back. And it was a really nice write-up from a young man who sees a lot of Northwest Missouri State fans down, disappointed. We're not going to have football throughout this fall semester. And we hope to have it in the spring, uh, but really just a positive message saying, may not be here right now, count your blessings, be happy with what we have, and know that Bearcat football will be back around the corner. So we'll dive into that with Zach and also talk about being a member of that dominant Northwest defensive line in today's episode of the podcast. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, caring for patients in southwest Iowa and northwest Missouri through inpatient, outpatient, and emergency services. To find a provider or more information on treatments, ClorindaHealth.com. Last week we had Joseph Barnes, who had just written his first novel. This time around, it is Zach Howard after finishing his first newspaper column. Let's dive into this week's episode of Bearcat Rewind. Today, joined by northwest Missouri State defensive lineman Zach Howard. Zach, it is great to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. We're rolling through this first week of classes here at Northwest Missouri State, which I think for a bit people were unsure if we'd even be able to have students back on campus. But we're to this point, and we have mask mandates and other uh, protocols to keep everybody healthy. What's this first few days been like for you as you see uh, your classmates back? And, and football's not quite back yet, but we're at least getting back into a rhythm of being back at Northwest Missouri State. Yeah, it's been it's been really good. Um quite different everyone's wearing masks and uh you know most of my classes are half in in person and half on zoom and that way we can all stay socially distanced but um for the most part like you said it's good to get back in the swing of things and, and see some people around campus now i feel like from my perspective looking at it if i was you know half on zoom and half not maybe every other day or however that's working it'd be awful hard to to pay attention or maybe just like click that you're there, then go back to sleep without putting your camera on. I mean, is it easy going through those classes right now? <laughs> uh, I mean, personally, I, 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 you know, do my best to stay awake, but, um, I mean, it is difficult. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a very social person, very, um, in face, face to face person and, and learner like that. But, uh, there's been some, you know, the teachers here, they've been, trying to keep it interesting you know some of them change their backgrounds in class and you know uh, a couple of them just tell jokes or something along the lines and they've been doing their best job to keep it interesting and keep us engaged so surely it's easier to jump into it now in the fall after what we had to go through in the spring instead of just ripping the band-aid off like we did back in march right yeah definitely i think you know pre preparation um for both students and teachers has helped out a lot uh, within these first few days. How do you view this as a football player, as a leader on the football team, but but more than just being at Bearcat Stadium? 
once you're out on campus and you're trying to keep people healthy and we're trying to get back to a little bit of normalcy with uh, seeing sports return here to Northwest Missouri State and around the country, do you feel like there's a burden on yourself and other student-athletes to kind of be a leader out on campus away from your, your sports venue to where you're trying to get everybody to kind of um, row in the same direction? I mean, yeah, I mean, growing up, you know that if you're a student-athlete, you got the, uh, you know, the target on your back, so to speak, and, and when you step out in public, the public size on you, whether it be a, a two, you know, a little toddler walking around the street or the uh, the 90-year-old man that just, you know, loves watching Bearcat football, I mean, it just depends, and, and you got to lead by example, whether that be wearing our masks right now, we are trying to get back to where we can play some football soon, and um, if that's wearing a mask, that's wearing a mask and almost doing whatever we can to, uh, like you said, just lead by example and, and, and take uh, precautions into where, you know, making smart decisions left and right. And, and um, everything's under a microscope right now. So if we make one mistake, I think, you know, there's there's just such little room for error in which we have to be almost perfect like that. Um, the burden, you know, I mean, you kind of have to live life and just, just do your best and whatever happens that's the scary part about the whole virus is that we just don't know i mean some people get it and uh you don't know how you even got it so you just got to do your best and wear your mask and try to socially distance well and you penned an open letter to fans in the northwest missouri and it's titled dear bearcat fans we will be back and that is in the uh this week's edition of the northwest missouri and student paper here on campus hard copies available it's also online at their website Tell us uh, how that came about, how you got that letter in there, and, and, and why you ended up writing that letter to fans. Yeah, um, John Walker, he's a reporter on campus here, and um, he's, he's done some sports pieces for us. He's you know really good reporter and uh, seen some of his pieces and stuff, but he tweeted out a thing and said if any athletes would like to just write a little thing about uh, how they're feeling and, and, you know, whatever else, basically kind of an open letter. And um, I just kind of tweeted him. I was like, well, you know, I'm not that great of a writer, but if you need someone, I'll do it for you, you know. And so he kind of texted back. He's like, that'd be great, you know. So just kind of did it and didn't didn't think too much of it. But then uh, the support from it, you know, everyone was like, uh, great words and, 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 you know, brought some people – it brought some, you know, heart heartwarming feeling to some people, and uh, I appreciate the support. But honestly, it was just words from the heart, and it it didn't take long to write or nothing. I just kind of wrote down what I was feeling, like you said, and turned out well, I guess. So as you write the letter, and you're writing a lot of things that are probably on on your heart and on your mind that just feels good to get it off your chest, but at the same time, it feels like there have to be a lot of other student athletes and coaches and 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 fans even kind of going through that same thought process and feeling those same things to where, uh, you know, you probably don't think about it at the time you're writing it, but really uh, a chance to kind of step up and speak for the whole athletic department of we got to stay positive and just keep focusing on the future, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, we preach it all the time is if you focus on the negative, usually negative turns out and we can control what we can tr- control. And that's kind of a cliche saying, but uh, it really is true to date. And, you know, we never know what's going to happen and, and some things aren't in our control, but what we can control is, is doing our best to control it. And, uh, and just doing our best to get back on the field. So if you look at it like that, usually positive things happen. 
to people that are being positive and, and negative things happen. And if you look at the negative in the world, you'll never stop looking at the negative in the world. So, yeah, I mean, de- definitely something that's that's preached around Northwest, and, and I'm, I'm happy about that and proud of that. People see Zach Howard on the on the football field, and, and they see him as a ferocious defensive lineman and one of the best in the MIAA. But this kind of offers a window into who Zach Howard is off of the football field and, and your personality. And, uh, and and from everything I've gathered, and, and we've had you on the coach's show last year too, and, and a positive guy, and, and so often you know, life is what you make it. If you're optimistic, if you're seeing the bright side, then, then things are going to be better, obviously, and you wake up a little bit happier and, and carry yourself in that way. Is that just a mental mindset for whenever Zach Howard gets up in the morning, he's ready to go and always has a smile on his face? <laughs> I'm definitely a, definitely a morning person. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, just, just I'm, I'm huge in the I – w- I would like to coach football um, after this and, and probably at the high school level, and I would like to teach PE. And, and uh, I just – you know, my passion is teaching kids and, and, and younger people and um, just just – showing them you know my grandpa he was a teacher and my mom's a teacher my uncle's a teacher and my grandpa and my uncle coached football and um just growing up around that and just understanding they were just such positive people and I think that's shaped who I am today and just just into what almost like I said is if you're positive usually things turn out for the better and and you enjoy life a little bit more and also people respond to that better so if I'm going to try to lead and I'm going to try to coach and I'm going to try to just you know obviously lead this team or try to be the leader that I can be um if I'm negative and they see that that's not a good good sign for anyone so so as we go into this unfamiliar territory we're not going to have any football games during this fall semester but there's a chance to have you know probably up to four or five in the spring and everybody's going to be able to keep that eligibility um with that number of games what's your view on on playing games in the spring that may not lead directly to an MIAA and, and definitely not to a national championship. Is it easy to keep that same mindset as you would, you know, say playing on September 12th? I mean, it'll be different if we're not playing, you know, necessarily for something. But if you look at it like um, not scrimmages, but, but setup games for that fall, I mean, it won't be a full season. So our bodies won't be uh, as beat up and as sore and, and, won't have to recover as much. So if we if we do get to play those four or five games, or maybe even less, um, but if we get to play a couple in the spring, just looking at it as practice and, and just something to get better at. I know that not everyone will be able to play in the spring as far as uh, you know, just uh, injuries or something like that. But the guys who are, if it's like a younger guy group, it'd be great, great, great reps and great uh, just experience to get, especially if it's against opponents we're not used to seeing or something like that. And, and just like you said, we're, we won't have, we wouldn't have played football if it's in the spring for a year and a half. So it'll be good to get back into it. If we look down at Northwest Missouri State and the roster and, and what you guys churn out every year, but more than just the success of the team as a whole, even coming down to just your position group, the defensive line at Northwest is always stacked. And you guys had three uh, on the Don Hanson All-Region team last year. The MIAA Defensive Player of the Year came out of that defensive line. That is such a stacked unit. What is the secret sauce there that keeps making that uh, such a top unit each year around the nation? Well, i definitely say Coach Rice a big part of it, but um, probably the biggest part of it. But another thing is just, 
the guys on the D-line are the best to be around. I mean, obviously, you know, everyone on the team are brothers and stuff, but the D-line is just full of a bunch of really tight-knit, close group of friends, close group of brothers. And, I mean, when I came in as a freshman, I started moving up on the depth chart, and I expected kind of pushback, you know, almost like not jealousy or, or whatever, but, you know, that how that, you know, kind of carries into sports is when the young guy kind of starts to make moves, things happen. I actually got the exact opposite, so I didn't start my uh, freshman year, but I was kind of like that fifth guy rolling in, and Spencer Phillips, who's the guy that I was like basically chasing, trying to take his spot, he was literally the one every day after practice helping me with my pass rush, helping with me with block rack, helping me with hands, telling me you know where I can get stronger at things, um, giving me tips and tricks on the on you know offensive line stuff to where. I can, you know, read, read O-line and, and then play it better and stuff like that. And so when he's the one, and Austin Eskew was great that year, Elijah Green, um, obviously Sam and Mike in those years, but those upperclassmen, they didn't, they didn't look at it as a, he's trying to take our spots and take our glory. They looked at it as, hey, he can help our team out. He can help us out. Let's help him out. So, I mean, I think that year in and year out, it's easy also when you have a bunch of greats before you, that you can watch film on. I watched probably 30 hours of Brandon Yost film and uh, Ben, I think it's Ben Spade film um, a year ago and, and still watching some of that from, from years past and just watching those inside guys that, that were dominant and that were very well respected. And, and obviously that's helped and uh, continue to do that. And those are some great guys up front that you mentioned there too. And, and carrying on that, that mantle of such a great defensive line and, 11 games as a true freshman for yourself, and that's that's rare to see many guys as, as true freshmen at Northwest. Usually it's, you know, you do redshirt and kind of gain that experience, but able to step in and, and play a big role there um, in your first year on campus at Northwest. Now with the void left without Spencer Phillips uh, as he graduates and moves on, like I mentioned, the former MIAA Defensive Player of the Year, how does that change ro- your role as you guys try to fill that void and, and uh, uh, continue to be stellar up front, especially that interior? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> well, we lose guys every year, and he always, you know, comes at us pretty hard. Coach Wright does as far as trying to replace guys, and and something that Spencer was built on was just hustle and a relentless effort, and just motor, 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 motor. He was never not near the ball at the end of the play if he was in, and and just something like that is <clears throat> is where I started to to learn kind of how to run around the football field. And obviously, I had I thought I would, had a motor coming in, but then you realize some of these guys really have a motor and you have to, you know, keep working on it. But uh, definitely, definitely one of those things where every year your defensive line, if you lose one guy, even in a backup spot, your whole chemistry kind of changes and you have to, you have to feel it out and feel where you fit in, you know, get in where you fit in. But, um, you know, Spencer just, I think he left us better than what we were, not just because of his playing ability, but when you can, same with Austin Eskew, and I'm just mentioning these guys because, you know, they were here when, when I was here. But it's it's easy to leave behind just your playing legacy and just how good you were on the field. But it's even harder to, to take along those younger guys and, and teach them what you know. And, and I think that's why we're good as well. And when Spencer, you know, stayed after practice or before practice, t- teaches you in film and, and whatever he knows. I mean, he's leaving a lot more behind than, you know, his plays on Saturday. So yourself personally, 
growing up in Bolivar, Missouri, uh, playing some, uh, I believe, Class 4 high school football down there. Uh, you're in the same yep. town as Southwest Baptist. Uh, Missouri Southern and Pittsburgh State aren't far away. Some other schools around there possibly recruiting you. How do you make that jump to Northwest? And was it hard to come up to Northwest uh, despite growing up three, four hours down the road? I mean, <laughs> I mean, all the schools treated me very well. Um, props to SBU, you know. Those coaches are, are very nice, but I mean, when when Coach Wright comes down and sits, sits across the table with a bunch of natty rings on his fingers and says, "Hey, the seniors that I just graduated went fifty-five and two, and and then you look into the school a little more, and they have a ninety-seven percent uh, job placement rate after graduation for PE majors, and you're just looking at just a great school in general, not just football, but." Obviously, that speaks for itself with playoff appearances for the past what, 17, 18 years and in, in, in MIAA championships. I think it's 18 of the past 21 or something like that. And uh, those may be off number-wise, but it speaks for itself. And, and then you start looking into the school, and the professors here are amazing. <clears throat> Gina McNeese is amazing. Jody Lease is amazing. Uh, Dr. Damon Lease is amazing. All those people that just, I mean – you have some great professors and great people that want to teach you and that want to prepare you, at least in my field and, and everything that I've, you know, experienced here so far has been positive. So, uh, it was kind of a no brainer once I got on campus I committed on a game day. I didn't even have a money amount for a scholarship yet, but, um, it was just, I love, fell in love with the place and knew I had to come here. I love that. Everybody has a general idea of what football is and, and kind of what those numbers are, too. But the job placement rate you're pointing out there, the professors, that's awesome. You should have your own billboard for Northwest Missouri State <laughs> representing. That, that's all I'm saying. A um, couple more quick ones for you, Zach, and then I'll let you go. Uh, we had one of your good buddies uh, on that defensive line uh, on not too long ago, one Elijah Green. He mentioned <laughs> he mentioned some chopping down of trees for conditioning between the two of you uh, during this COVID period that you couldn't be in, you couldn't be lifting weights on campus. He mentions that uh, if you guys went head to head, he could beat you taking down a tree faster. You yeah. think that's right? Um, that is not true. Not at all. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I listened to the interview and I, I definitely had to talk to him a little bit about that, but realistically I'm probably winning seven out of 10 times. You know, he's been a little too confident. He said 10 out of 10, he would win. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to give him three, but I got seven on him. You know, we've got a few months here in the fall without any games. We could probably, you know, put this together and put this on the Internet, you know, make this a D-line competition. <laughs> All right, we might have to do at least one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what sport are you playing, if not football? Uh, baseball, definitely. I did see that yeah. you were uh, first-team All-District in baseball. What position? I, I, I caught, so <clears throat> I played little catcher and then – I uh, closed out for our team, too, so I pitched a little as well. And you hit some bombs, right? <laughs> I hit a few, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little more muscle now than when you were a senior in high school, so you could probably send out quite a few, I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, I haven't swung a bat in a couple of years, but once I get into it, definitely. <laughs> what What's the origin of the sack dance? Uh, oh, <laughs> that's a good story. Well, it's quick, but it's good. Um, basically, just my freshman year, I hadn't gotten a sack yet, and like I said, I played, you know, every game and hadn't quite gotten a sack. And uh, we were playing Lindenwood. And I remember right before the game, kind of the O-linemen, D-linemen, you know, we hate each other. It's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> you know, 
we hate each other up until season and then you know we're we're best buddies but um they were kind of talking like what are you going to do for the snack dance or whatever i was like i really don't know like had no idea and uh i was like i never even thought about it like whatever and then they're like well you should just like do the truffle shuffle or something and then I, I kind of did it, and it's not the truffle shuffle, but it was one of those things where you're just out there and you play and you get excited. It's your first college sack, and I was like, you know what? I'm shaking my belly. So I did it <laughs> for the kind of the O-line, D-line, you know, just to prove that you don't have to look good to get sacked and play good. <laughs> but uh, ever since then, you know, coming into this year, I was like, well, it's kind of a thing last year. Everyone kind of liked it, so I just kept it going, and uh I get kids when I'm teaching classes. I get kids that'll stare at me weird, and they're like, "Where? I know you from somewhere." I'm like, "Really?" I was like, "Come back to me when you figure it out." And then this one kid looked at me, looked up, started shaking his stomach, and I go, "Yep, that's where you know me from." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny to see that around around Maryville and stuff. But hey, it's your thing. It's stuck. You got to keep with it now for a couple more years. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right, and and last one. Tell me about the speed on the D-line. If you guys all line up, who's winning a 40-yard dash? Oh, my goodness. Uh, 40? 40, uh, Definitely yeah. Walker Gr- No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably Dustin Piper or Noah Williams. Um, yeah, right now I'd say that. I don't know. There might be some fast freshmen, but we haven't gotten to really play with them yet. But, yeah, Dustin Piper or Noah. Gotcha. Now, if this was like just a, a, a five-second get-off-the-ball Who's who's quickest that way? Uh, I say five second. I, think I mean five yards. Piper. Piper. Piper would be the quickest five second, or you know, off. But Noah's got them long strides. That I think he might take it in the forty. I don't know. All right, all right. We'll have to keep that in mind once we do get back around to some games of who's getting off the ball the fastest and and who after yeah. <laughs> scooping a fumble or maybe tipping a pass, intercepting it, is getting to the end zone quickest. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, Zach, we, we appreciate coming on the show. Uh, I appreciate uh, your time and, uh, and a great letter pinned to the fans in the Northwest Missourian student paper. If folks haven't seen that yet, they should check it out. Uh, but loved reading that and the positivity, and I look forward to seeing you playing in the spring. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Zach Howard for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. In case you missed it, over the last few weeks, our guests on the podcast have included Joseph Barnes, Andy Peterson, Troy Tisdall, Elijah Green, Hudson Bildo, and much more, so be sure to check those out. Thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.